Mary, Emma, and Company by Ralph Moody, University of Nebraska Press, 1961. Chapter 4, A Pleasant Little Walk. Lord God, I give you thanks for the day that you gave me, for the safety I had while running the chainsaw and mowing. I thank you, Lord, for um, the beautiful weather, even though it was hot. And Lord, every day is a day of, of pleasant work you give us, even if it's hard. It's uh, in your in your sight, and even when it's a trial, you're teaching and training us, and your good work is being accomplished in our lives. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, after that one bad day at school, the rest of our first week in Medford went fine for me. Mr. Househalter let me wait on some customers, and when Saturday night came, he gave me a dollar and a half. He said I had earned every penny of it, and that the job would be mine as long as I tended a business the way I had been doing. Then, besides teaching me how to keep from falling off the bicycle, Uncle Frank taught me to play cribbage. Two nights running, Mother let me sit up till nearly 10 o'clock to play with him, and I beat, even beat him once. Of course, Grace got along all right. She always did. Before the week was out, she'd found enough odd jobs, washing dishes and tending babies that she'd made as much as I did. But Mother didn't have any luck at all. Every day, she went to Boston to see if she could find curtains to be laundered and stretched, or furniture that we could afford to buy. But she didn't find either. And I think she looked at every vacant house in the Glenwood end of Medford without finding one that wasn't too much run down to live in or where the rent wasn't too high. When I got home from work that Saturday night, Saturday night, Mother looked as near discouraged as I'd ever seen her. But Sunday seemed to straighten things out for her. After she scrubbed my neck until it was it felt as if she was using sand paper, she sent the older four of us to Sunday school. Then, when it was time for church service, she came with Hal and Elizabeth. We waited for them at the door, and though Mother never liked to do it, we had to go way up to the front of the church. The third pew was the only one, only one where there was enough room for all of us to sit together. Grace and I had always liked Sunday school. Maybe it was because we knew more of the Bible stories than the others and could answer more of the lesson questions. But neither of us liked church very well, and I think it was for about the same reason. Ever since I could remember, except when we had company or when she was so tired she couldn't keep awake, Mother read a few verses from the Bible to us before we went to bed. When she read, whether it was the Bible or any other book, it never sounded like reading. She glanced down at the page for a second or two, then look up at us and tell us stories as if she were just talking naturally. None of the ministers we'd ever had did it that way. Some of them sounded as if they were reciting a piece in a Sunday school play. Some of them tried to make it sound too grand, and some others just read along in a sing-song. Most of them preached their sermons the same way they read the scripture. Mr. Vandermark the minister in our new church read almost exactly the way Mother did, and he didn't read a whole long chapter, only a few verses, and ones that I think I'd always known by heart. Usually when the minister was reading scripture that I knew, I just sat with my hands folded in my lap and thought about something else until he had finished, but that morning I found myself listening as if it had been a brand new story. I don't think Mr. Vandermark was very much older than Mother, and only a couple of inches taller, but he had gray hair and a voice that seemed too big to come from so short a man. It was neither loud nor rough, but filled the whole church, like the low notes from the organ. The big Bible was open on the stand in front of him, but he didn't look down at it. He just folded his arms on it, leaned a bit forward, and talked to us as if mother and we children were the only ones in the church. If we had known, if he had known all about us and that we were going to be there that Sunday, he couldn't have picked any better verses from the whole book. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. I wish I could remember all that he said after he had finished the reading. I listened to every word of it, but I only remember the meaning instead of the words. 
he told us that he thought the first verse he had read might be the most misunderstood of all Jesus' teaching. There was no answers to prayers that were offered in selfishness, or to prayers mumbled into empty space with no real honest belief that they would be heard and considered by our Heavenly Father. And he told us that ours was a demanding God who expected a full return for every blessing that he gave, that it was a waste of time to pray for help and then sit back with folded hands to wait for it. For help was given with those uh, who did their best to work alongside themselves, but in was but that it was never refused to the deserving. After the sermon was over, Mother put Elizabeth into Grace's arms and whispered to us, You children might walk back toward Uncle Frank's house very slowly, and I'll catch up to you. I must stop to say a few words to this minister. I want to tell him how much comfort I have found in his sermon. <clears throat> Mother must have had said a lot more than a few words to Mr. Vandermark, and he to her. We dawdled all the way back to Uncle Frank's, but she didn't get there for half an hour after we did but when she came in, Grace and I could see that she wasn't worrying anymore. She seemed as happy as she used to when she, when we'd had a real good week in Colorado. And she hummed all the time she was helping Aunt Hilda get dinner ready. Then, when we were at the table, she asked, Frank, is there a good hand laundry in Medford? When I first worked away from home as a girl, I learned to do uh, all the nice frilly things the ladies used to wear in those days but I'm afraid I've rather lost the knack of it. I'm sure I could pick it up right up again if I could find work in a good hand laundry that specialized in that sort of thing. Uncle Frank chuckled and said, well, there's Sam Lee down next to Ubel's drugstore. If you could learn to write Chinese and, <laughs> and iron collars so they felt like files, you might get a job with him. No, seriously, Mother said. Then Aunt Hilda told her, there's one in Malden, Mary, Emma, and they do real nice work. I had to do I had them do up two shirtwaists for me the last time I went to Prince Edward Island. How far is Malden from here, mother asked. About half a mile, Uncle Frank told her. But it's a good big mile to the laundry and through the roughest part of Edgeworth. I don't think you should try it. It might it would be mighty hard work and mighty small pay. You'd do better to find something in Boston. Housekeeping in a hotel or something like that, where you'd be bossing others instead of doing the hard work yourself. Hmm. Hmm. I'll think about it, Frank. Mother said. Um, but I couldn't do anything that would keep me away from the children very long. You'd work from eight in the morning till six at night in a laundry. He told her, and you wouldn't begin to make a decent living for them. About six dollars a week. Don't be in too big a hurry for finding something to do. We might be a little cramped here, but we'll make out fine until the right thing comes along for you. I know. I know, Frank. Mother told him. You and Hilda would run yourselves into the poorhouse for us if we'd let you, but we can't stand. But we must stand on our own feet just as quickly as we can. Then she turned to us and said, Now, clean your plates right up, children. We're going for a nice long walk just as soon as the dishes are done, so that Uncle Frank and Aunt Hilda can have a little rest from our being right under their feet. As soon as we were out of sight from Uncle Frank's house, Mother had me ask some boys the way to Malden. They told me, which would be the shortest way, but it was exactly opposite to the way we should have gone. Mother never mentioned the laundry until we were at the far north end of Malden. Then she said, now this has been a pleasant little walk, hasn't it? And I didn't notice any rough, anything rough about any of the neighborhoods we came through. Now, Ralph, suppose you ask some of those young men over there at the corner where we might find the hand laundry. Since we are so near, we may as well drop by and look at it. 
I shall want to know right where to find it in the morning. While I was gone to ask for directions, Grace must have been telling Mother the same things that Uncle Frank had told her at the dinner table. I got back just in time to hear Mother saying, No, dear, I shall have to use my own best judgment in this matter. I have no intention of spending the rest of my life working in a laundry, but I must do it long enough to learn all I can about the professional manner of starching, ironing, and packing fine laundry. Ralph, did you find out the best way for us to go? Yes, ma'am, I told her on the streetcar. We've come the wrong way, and it's nearly two miles from here to the laundry. Hmm, well, Mother said, and it would cost us 20 cents each way. I think maybe we'd better walk. If we don't try to hurry and take turns in carrying Elizabeth, two miles won't seem very far. The exercise and fresh air might do us all good. As soon as we started along again, we went right. she went right on talking to Grace, just as though she'd never interrupted herself. Until you're all grown up and ready to have your own homes of your own, I will not be separated from you children for a moment longer than is absolutely necessary. That means we must find some way of making our living in our home. There is sewing, knitting, and embroidery that one may take home to do for the factories. But if we were all to work at it as hard as we could, we would make only a bare existence. On the other hand, I find that there are a good many well-to-do families in Medford people who have expensive garments and who are glad to pay a generous price to have them beautifully laundered. I shall work in the best hand laundry I can find at whatever wages they are willing to pay me until I know that I can do the finest work to be found anywhere. Well, when mother had made up her mind about something, there wasn't much use our trying to change it. And that was one time when I knew Grace didn't want to. She didn't say anything, but when she looked back at me, she was nodding her head just the least little bit. That two miles was about the longest two I ever walked, and Elizabeth seemed to grow heavier every time it was my turn to carry her. As the afternoon grew later, a hard, dull sort of cold settled down, and before we reached the laundry, Howe was stamping his feet and crying, so I had to carry him piggyback with his feet in my coat pockets. The laundry certainly wasn't worth coming that far to see. It was an old, one, old one-story brick building, and I couldn't see how clean clothes could come out of any place with such dirty windows, but Mother said, well, one can never judge a book by its cover. It can be soiled, tattered, and torn on the outside, but you may find it fascinating once you get into it. <laughs> I thought I knew Mother pretty well, but Grace knew her better than I did. While she was telling us that we must hurry right along so as to get back to Uncle Frank's before dark, Grace put her mouth close to my ear and whispered, Do you remember how Mother used to sing on the ranch if she had to go outdoors at night when the coyotes were howling? She's scared of going to work on this dirty old laundry and the business about the book is her singing. If mother was scared, nobody told Grace, nobody but Grace could ever have found it out. The shortest way back to Uncle Frank's was right through the middle of the toughest neighborhood anywhere around, and cold as it was, there were gangs of noisy young hoodlums on half a dozen of the corners we had to pass. Quite a few of them whistled at us, and a few and a couple called Grace cutie, but mother paid no more attention to them than she would have paid to so many barbers' poles. When we had passed one of the freshest gangs. Grace said to her, if you should get a job in that particular laundry, and I hope you don't, you'd have to go the long way around and ride on the streetcar. It would be as much as your life is worth to walk through here alone and after dark. Oh, I shall be perfectly safe, Mother answered. Men or boys who gather in gangs are generally cowards, and an honest woman has little to fear from them. By the time we reached the house, we were all so cold, hungry, and tired that we went right to bed after supper, even Grace, where you can tell a lot about Ralph's mother and her perseverance, uh, willingness to do a hard job. I love you.